I knew I was about to have this kind of like they call it the dark night of the soul moment because it was getting so evident that I shouldn't be out there and I was getting these hot flushes driving to work and these awarenesses in the car like clear as day like what are you doing like what are you doing and I was like oh shit what am I doing and then I said to myself you want to live an extraordinary life Mitchell in the car just talking to myself you know anything that doesn't allow you to do that I uncreate and destroy it and I was like do you choose and I said yes to myself and then within two weeks of that conversation with myself in the car me and my partner left like went separate ways and I left my job and I came home and kind of rekindled myself from there like I'd been doing all the self-development the whole time in the mines and that was probably what kept me sane out there and then I was just like this is your chance to actually start living your purpose and your truth and stop going by the default program that you've been told welcome to the self-love podcast the show that helps crack open your heart and inspire a deeper regard for your own well-being and happiness Proudly brought to you by 28 Essentials. Here's your host, the gorgeous Kim Morrison. Welcome to the Self Love Podcast. This week, oh boy, do we have a beautiful, incredible soul on the show for you. Mitch Adams is a multifaceted professional who's deeply committed to guiding individuals towards realizing their full potential. With a unique blend of expertise in life coaching, business coaching, Vedic meditation, and wealth management, he empowers many, many people to bridge the gap between where they are and where they aspire to be. He employs a comprehensive and personalized approach to coaching and empowerment. He understands that success is not one-dimensional. It involves holistic growth. This approach equips individuals to overcome challenges, optimize their potential, and achieve sustainable success in both personal and professional spheres. I know you're going to love his message today. I know you're going to really fall in love with the way in which he lives his life. And I really sincerely hope that you get to follow this amazing soul on all the platforms because he is definitely a trailblazer that lifts our soul and makes the world a brighter place. Thank you so much for following the Self Love Podcast Please leave your comments and feedback over there on the Instagram page where it is Kim Morrison 28 or Facebook Kim Morrison Training, or you can head on over to thewellnesscouch.com forward slash self-love podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Get ready for an amazing show. Take care, be kind. It is such a delight for me each and every week to bring to you an incredible guest, someone who inspires me, someone who also ignites the passion for real life living. And this week is no exception. Welcome to the Self Love Podcast, gorgeous Mitch Adams. Thanks, Kim. Pleasure to be here and have a yeah share today and talk some wisdom and some consciousness. Ah, our favorite topics, right? You know, it's such a fascinating world that we live in this day and age, and I am curious and inspired by so many beautiful young people creating magic as they walk their journey, and you are no different. You are someone here on the Sunshine Coast who is inspiring particularly a lot of men and a lot of young women to live their best life, but before we get into all the magic that you're doing here and now, Could you just take us back on a little Mitch Adams life story journey, where it all began for you? 
what took you down these pathways to lead you into the work that you're doing today? Absolutely. That's a big question. And I love it because you listen to so many podcasts and everyone has their journey. And I feel like when you get to a space of or a consciousness where you can like look back and be grateful for all those experiences, I don't think any one story makes a big impact. It's just like how they got through it and the lessons learned. And when you can be grateful for that, then it's, yeah, it's a whole new level of life. And yeah, it's, it's amazing. So I guess like to shorten it, probably the biggest catalyst that started me on this journey was uh, I was 16 years old and I found out I was going to be a dad and it was like a complete, you know, my whole life was just flipped upside down and I was, I was, I was just like, I was just like, well, this whole vision I had has had just been changed in an instant. And so basically trying to come to terms with that at a 16 year old and that consciousness at that level, there's a lot of fear. I went into a lot of like self-doubt. Am I going to be able to do this? Like, um, why is this happening to me? And and then at about 17, when I actually became a dad, I'd had like that nine months of kind of preparing myself mentally, but not really understanding what I was in for. And then when I was 17, it happened. And um, it was, yeah, it was, it was like, wow, it, it's not no long, it's no longer an I universe. It's now I have someone else to think about and, and actually make decisions in, in line with, you know, what's going to impact this new beautiful being, this, you know, this life that's coming into the planet that I've brought, you know, into this space. So it was, it was a shock. I went down a pretty like, um, I suppose in doubt, like not really thinking it was real for many years and having your mates like call you on the weekends. Hey, like, do you want to come out? I'm like, no, no, I'm, I'm, I've got, I'm, you know, having my daughter this weekend and I'm trying to do that. So it was just like kind of lived these two lives as a t- like elder teen thinking, you know, I want to do this, but, you know, I have responsibilities. So that was the biggest catalyst and it sent me, it, it basically just leaped me to grow up. And, I mean, you talk to so many people now and they say, oh, like the lens before I had kids and the lens I see the life now through after having kids and it makes you see the life completely different. And it did that to me at 17. And so I think that has really given me, you know, an immense amount of growth to be able to choose greater for not only myself, but my daughter, and then obviously other people and want to, you know, provide and and kind of do that. Uh, That became second nature to me. And um, when I was about 20, I had this pressure of, okay, I need money, like I need to buy a house, I need to look after this, my, like my daughter and myself and kind of set us up. And I had this immense amount of love from my mum and support. It was just like she's the most pure person I've ever met and she just supported me and was like, yep, if that's what you think you need to do. So she helped me out and she she allowed me to to go out to the mining industry and because that's what I thought I needed to do at the time from the programming of, you know, you've got to, you've got to have enough money to, to live and, and this finish line, you know, get the house and get the nice things to have the nice education. And so that's kind of the program I was running on for many years. 
which is quite normal. Like it's no different to, you know, majority of society and went out and started working and earning good money to try and provide. But then, then it came challenges of living two lives, then living a life mining and then thinking about your family at home and thinking like, okay, am I doing the right thing? Yes, I am doing the right thing because this is what society says is the norm and this is what you need to do to, to be successful and, and, you know, all those things that I see now are only one part of it and you need to have that balance. But back then, you know, I didn't know any better. So I kind of had this plan of just getting ahead and being able to provide. But as it happens, I ended up staying out there for much longer than I wanted to just because of this finish line I thought I had to achieve, I thought I had to get. And I started to feel really lifeless um, when I was out there and like had these like awarenesses like what are you doing like and I was like and I would my mind would then talk myself my knowing my awareness my guidance around and think of all the things of why I need to be out there and why I shouldn't be at home and that was a continual battle for me for many years and that's what kept me out there that's what kept me chasing the money and trying to you know achieve something that you know I see now it was beneficial but it I needed to I needed to see quicker to be able to come back home quicker and 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 enjoy all those years I was missing out on. So I had this this internal battle, and I um I was out there for seven years, so it was it was a long time and it was very hard. But it taught me a lot, like being out in that toxic environment and seeing that you know a lot of men don't have any support; they don't have anyone helping them. It's you know, kind of like an every man for himself attitude out there. And it is a lot in society, but it's really exuberated in the mining industry and it's cut each other down kind of mentality. And so you kind of feel all alone. And so I started helping men while I was out there, um, basically, you know, make better decisions and, and, you know, leave the mines and manage their money because I started to become really good at managing money and um helping them kind of like program their limiting beliefs and say like well what else is possible here and like maybe you could do this maybe and so people started leaving I started helping people and then I realized hey, I'm still out here what am I doing out here and so in about a space of you know uh, four months the relationship I was in started to break down and I started to get to a point where I knew I was about to have this kind of like they call it the dark night of the soul moment because it was getting so evident that I shouldn't be out there and I was getting these hot flushes driving to work and these awarenesses in the car like clear as day like what are you doing like what are you doing and I was like oh shit what am I doing and then I said to myself you want to live an extraordinary life Mitchell in the car just talking to myself you know anything that doesn't allow you to do that I uncreate and destroy it and I was like do you choose and I said yes to myself and then within two weeks of that conversation with myself in the car, me and my partner left, like went separate ways and I left my job and I came home and kind of rekindled myself from there. Like I'd been doing all the self-development the whole time in the mines and that was probably what kept me sane out there. And then I was just like, this is your chance to actually start living your purpose and your truth and stop going by the default program that you've been told because uh, and I've been like listening to a lot of Joe Dispenza for many years and 
I just started to really put in action all the stuff I'd learned and the synchronicities that took place, the people I met, the, you know, the clarity I started getting from, you know, my higher self or whatever you want to call it. Like my intuition just strengthened and I just become like so powerful in creating all these reference points. And then my whole belief system around what was possible was completely changed. Like I'd lay down this new level of mind of what I thought was possible. And yeah, ever so that's been about five years now of doing that. And, you know, the things I'm basically, I'm thriving every single day and I'm, I'm helping other men do that. The exact same thing, running a, like a men's self-development business of now met a beautiful, you know, partner, Ali, and we're creating our own creations together. I'm homeschooling my daughter. Um, you know, I've taken her out of school because I don't believe in a lot of the stuff they're learning at schools. I believe that the world's changed and the schooling system needs a revamp. And, you know, to be successful, I don't believe that that is the, you know, that that platform's not as relevant as it used to be. And so I'm doing all these things that, you know, most people, you know, would see as out of like completely out of the norm and 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 not easy to do. But I've found a place where it's just when your belief changes, you know, your personality changes and, and your reality just takes place and it just unfolds effortlessly. And that's kind of where I'm at now, thriving and, and loving life. So, I mean, I could talk about this all day, but that's the shortest version to how we're talking right now. <laughs> it's, uh, it's certainly an incredible story. And having come from a mother who had me at 17, just knowing how privileged and blessed I was to grow up with a young person and pretty much grow up with her. I can imagine for your daughter, seeing you as her greatest role model, her greatest male role model, what a privilege and what an incredible upbringing she's been exposed to. But it's all thanks to an element of curiosity that you clearly have had and may have always had. I'm just interested, what do you think is the difference that made the difference for you to choose to go down the self-development path, to look into and go within and to inquire and to really look closely at who Mitch was, but also who he would become? And most importantly, that you actually went on that journey as opposed to self destruction or self-sabotage like so many must do in those environments what's the difference that made the difference for you to go down that path I don't want to put myself in a box like in in different aspects but I've like my mum told me ever since I was a little boy I would just ask heaps of questions all the time like I and I wouldn't take no for an answer and so that was kind of me in school as well I'd be like really like when someone say you got to do this and I was like yeah but can you explain to me why? And and they wouldn't have a why. It would just be like, well, because I said so. And I'm like, well, that's not good enough, you know. So and I and so that 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 didn't treat me very good in school. Like I was kind of I was put into a, a thing of a kid he doesn't listen. He's he's ADD or whatever. He's does he can't concentrate. And it wasn't that at all. It was just that I was I'd be the kid like looking out the window at the clouds, and the teacher's trying to teach algebra, and I'm like, well, you know. What, there's something else like this can't be it like this this and and so that was just like um that was the younger years and people just telling you well this is it and you know you've 
this is what you're gonna do. You get a job, you do this, and and you, you work till 65 and and then you retire and then you get to have fun or whatever. And I just thought that sounds miserable. Like I wanna have fun now and I wanna be able to do what I wanna do and live and go in nature and do things. And so I I had that in my in the essence of who I was in my heart, but I still went down that, you know, that norm because at the start, because that's like really the only path I feel was when I was like growing up like now I feel like there's a lot more it's it's accepted more for people to kind of trust themselves and go out but back then it was kind of like no this is the only way like there's no other option and if you don't do that you're going to get shunned or you're going to you know so I felt that pressure but I guess there's been a collective of energy change on the planet like you know us having this conversation now 10 years ago this wouldn't have been okay like this this would have been, you know, had half the quarter, 10% of the viewers and people wouldn't have been open to any of the concepts we're talking about or not a lot of them anyway to the masses. And I feel like so things are collectively changing and the more I found, uh, more I asked questions, just like actually what else is possible, you know, or would, I would come across a bit of information that was in alignment or a book. Like I read this book when I was like 19 and it was called The Power of the Subconscious Mind by Joseph Murphy. I remember reading it and just going, oh, what's your subconscious mind? Like, and knowing that, like reading the book and thinking it was just amazing because it was telling you that you could create what you wanted through your mind if you believed it, you know, and, and started to use the other 95% of your body, you like, you know, 5% the conscious and then the 95% of what we do is our subconscious programming. So when I figured that out, I was, I was like, wow, okay, but didn't put anything into action, just thought about it. And, but that, that gave me more curiosity, like, okay, well, this person's saying this, well, you know, what are other people saying? And so I think, I think like, if you're curious, just ask more questions, like not only to yourself, but like, like to yourself is more importantly, like, you know, what do I need to do to grow here? If you're feeling stuck, like some people are happy just to work at Bunnings for the rest of their life and they don't actually even feel the urge to jump out of that lane. They actually feel so comfortable and, and if, if that's what they want to do, that's, I feel that's totally fine, like that's your journey. But for me, I just felt like, you know, the, nor the norm, the, the natural programming of what's happening on the planet just repulsed me and I was like, no, nah, there's got to be something else. Like this is just not it. Like, And so just having that conviction I think it just led me, you know, my own internal compass led me to the right people at the right, exactly right time. And I think probably having my mum, that was one of the biggest things is she's been kind of the black sheep in her family as well. So I was really lucky to be her son and her to just support me when I'd ask a question. She would never put me down or say that's not true. She would go, she would just allow me to have my own belief and she would agree with a lot of the stuff that I was learning because she'd learned that her whole life as well like looking into books and when I'd ask her something if she didn't know she wouldn't tell me she'd just say oh you got to figure that out for yourself like and that was the best thing she ever done for me she was like she's like oh I actually don't know the answer to that but um you know if you ask for guidance and you you know the answers will come and you and I was like oh okay cool thanks mom and I would just do that and it was the best best guidance that any anyone could have given me was you know believe in yourself kind of thing so 
It's quite an incredible thing, isn't it, the role models and the programming that we have from such a young age. And so many people think that that is life, what they've been programmed to think, believe or told by others. Um, Like you just said, this is normal, get a job, retire at 65, then have fun, like these societal norms that you're talking about. In this day and age, we seem to have these trailblazing shakers that are challenging that norm, challenging the the school system, challenging what it means to actually think and use our beautiful hearts and minds and souls. I just want to dive in a little bit about your mum because for so many women raising boys and, and, of course, daughters, but raising children full stop, you know, especially as we become more consciously aware, you become very aware of the impact that you can have on your children and all you want, of course, is for the best. So tell us a little bit about your mum and why you think she was the black sheep of the family or what do you think got her curious thinking about life? Because that has been the trajectory for you, thanks to her. Let's let's just find out a little bit about your mum. Yeah, so my mum's the black sheep in her family because she's kind of, she's she asked, like she's actually my best friend. So we have the most deep connection and we can talk about just about anything. But we can talk about anything. So she's told me her childhood and it was a very hard childhood. And in that era of like, you know, the, the dad, what says goes and that's, there's no debating it. And she grew up on a, a farm. She's a farmer. I grew up on a farm as well. We, we worked and worked and worked for the farm and she did as well. And, you know, just basically she had all these aspirations to do all different things, but she didn't she didn't have the support like i have had from her just one person to believe in her like i don't know where i'd be without her in in, you know to just like kind of steer me in the right direction and kind of support me and she didn't have that so she didn't do she didn't actually follow through with a lot of the things that or a lot of the you know aspirations that she decided to do she you know so in a way she's probably seen that in me as well and and lived through me a little bit in being able to say well no this is i remember when my she she remembered when her parents would shut her down and she's like that was the worst thing for her so she would do the opposite and and gave me the space to be who i needed to be and so i mean i i believe in i believe in we live many lifetimes so i believe i've you know lived many lifetimes with my mom and I believe we just came down here together and she was she was here to support me and I'm here to support her and and however that looks and whatever people believe that's okay but I mean I I believe there's no coincidence that we're here together because it's it's like a soul connection it doesn't even feel like a mother son connection it feels like a a friendship you know more of a uh, just a pure soul contract between me and her so that's been I've been able to be her greatest teacher and she's been able to be mine in a way of supporting me, you know, like letting me learn. And um, so, yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't it's, know if that answered your question. Yeah, yeah, it's just I'm just interested because so many women out there, you know, who are, um, you know, trying to live their life but also have that thing of being a responsible parent, it's why I was asking it is you, you look up to her as your mom and then you've got the next generation and your daughter 
how is that connection and relationship and how has that guided you to be a male role model but honoring the feminine energy for your daughter but also allowing her to have her voice and all the things that she perhaps desires is it easy and effortless for you because of your upbringing or is there more elements or levels to that yeah so i guess like my mom has allowed like taught me how to treat how to hold space for for women and the feminine energy and how to protect that and so yeah i feel she's allowed me to do that for my daughter and not you know sometimes you don't understand your kids but my mum would say well i didn't understand you when you were younger but i gave you the you know the enough love and enough support to know that i was always here and that's what made the difference and so i did that for my daughter i don't even agree with all the decisions my daughter makes because she's nearly 15 and she's you know but it's a surrender experiment it's it's going okay well she is her own person and and what does and and, and using my guidance again my, my intuition okay what does she need and and why is she acting out here or why is she choosing this oh she needs more love or she needs to know that i'm actually here no matter what and she's testing me right now and and you know to see okay am i of, am i still that unwavering masculine divine masculine energy that you know supports her and i just keep having to you know, do my own growth as a parent and just go, yes, okay, I've got to just be here for her now. Whether I believe that what she's choosing is is good or not, that's actually not up to me to choose because if I do that, then she, she will rebel against that and that's what kids do. It's like we think we want our kids to take a, a certain path, you know, and it doesn't, it never, most of the time it doesn't work out the way you think and you've got to, you've got to sit back and, you know, if you if you try to control that, you'll end up losing the relationship with your kids. And that's what happens most of the time is, you know, I actually don't even have a relationship with my father. Well, I was going to ask you a little bit about that. We've heard how incredible your beautiful mum is, but that is also showing up perhaps as a shadow or the opposite effect when it comes to your dad. Could you explain to us what that role or relationship has been like for you? And in spite of it or because of it, perhaps why you're the man you are today. Yeah, okay, so that's a complete flip um, on my relationship with my mother. My dad, um, I guess he couldn't, um, he couldn't stop the buck with him. He couldn't stop the parenting that he received at him and try to be different with his kids. And so I think he, you know, was quite traumatised by his parents by his dad in particular and so he just took those traits and how he treated how he was treated and treated me and my brother like that and so me being that um you know from a young age like asking questions and and being like my own person at a young age didn't fly with my dad at all and so we were just we were just butt heads and my mum tried to um get him to understand me a little bit but you know, my dad hasn't done any self-development and hasn't grown. So my parents divorced when I was four. And so then it was like this going to my dad's every second weekend or something. And, and it was just toxic. Like me and my dad just, it was, it was evident pretty quickly that my dad didn't, he only cared about himself for a long time. Like he's still, that's still how it is. But so, and that was okay. Like it was a lot of trauma there for me early on, not having that, you know, divine, that, that masculine support at all. Um, from my dad but 
my mum made up for it in love. And so I was super lucky in that respect. Um, so yeah, I guess it's, it's, that's been a, that's been a big lesson for me in learning to trust the masculine as well. Not having that trust in my dad has played out in friendships and not being able to trust, you know, men, uh, when I was younger, because I'm just like, well, you know, you, you kind of, you kind of see through what's happening and it's, and especially, you know, the way we've, you know, the, the narrative or societal norms of the tall poppy syndrome and how men just continually like, you know, try to be better than each other and chop each other down. And there's no, there's, there's no support. And, and that's actually why the gentleman's club came about. Like it's from my relationship with my dad and then not having that in any friend circles and trying to be myself, but not having support from men, um, you know, it's hard because you want to have, it's different having a relationship with a female or your mom or something. You want to have that masculine solid energy. And I didn't have that. So I've kind of, that's pushed me to find it in myself, dig really deep and, become that myself, be the dad to my daughter that my dad was never to me, you know? So that's actually, it's, that's taught me heaps because I'm just like, this is going to stop with me. Like I'm not putting your shit onto my daughter. And so that, yeah, I suppose that was my lesson this lifetime to have that, you know, experience play out. And, and I could have, I could have taken it, you know, good or bad, the fork in the road. And um, I guess when I had a, when I had my daughter early, that was like a pivotal moment for me to kind of choose how I wanted to take this. And my mom had given me enough support in knowing, you know, what was right and, you know, listening to basically my own inner guidance. And because my dad had his views about that, always wanted to put his, you know, uh, how you should parent and, and it would, you know, kind of give me his two bobs and I'm just like, well, you know, you've done a terrible job, so I'm not going to be listening to anything you say. And that was kind of the separation. And I basically, yeah, like don't even talk to him really um, anymore. And that's actually good for me because I've healed that part of me through a lot of work and I've been able to just love him for who he is and go, well, that's that's your journey, but I'm not going to. I just don't want to be around that energy because whenever I would put myself out, it would bring me down. It would spiral me down. Like my frequency would drop and I would try to be, you know, justifying what I'm doing. Or, and I'm like, actually, this isn't for me. Like I I know who I am and I know what I'm doing. And, and so just trusting myself and that's, you know, worked amazingly. So, and, and I actually don't have any hard feelings there. Like it's actually, I'm actually grateful for it because I'm like, okay, this is, this is just like I'm grateful for having a kid, but at 17, you can't see it. But now it's like she's my best friend and I wouldn't take it back for the world. So you can see the gratefulness in the journey and the consciousness changes and the wisdom comes in and you're like, wow, okay, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for every single little thing that happened to me. And so until we take responsibility for all our actions as well, we can't actually be grateful for it because then we're in a victim mentality. So it's going from like that survival to the creator and like, actually, I created this. And I can create something different if I wish. So there's something really interesting in this day and age, gorgeous Mitch, which I'd be really interested to hear from your perspective. You're talking about your dad and his perhaps traumatic upbringing and therefore couldn't stop the buck and continued that process or that patterning. And yet some of you beautiful young men have been called on to change that. In your humble opinion, as you look at the world in this day and age, 
is there hope for men? Is there hope for women? Is there hope for humanity when it comes to having a way bigger and clearer perspective on maybe what it means to be a human and not repeating patterns of the past? Yeah, I definitely feel there's hope for humanity. I think the collective of the planet is changing drastically. And I feel like we're at this breakdown or breakthrough moment. We're at kind of like this threshold as as a planet, as a species. And I feel like that's why everything's evolving. That's why so much information is available and so many people are choosing to create different realities and actually really empower themselves to change. And I feel we're, you know, we're we're a bit of a way off it, but I feel we have the ability to everybody, if we all just focused on ourselves and just changed ourselves, the whole planet would change. And so we're in this, we're in the snowball effect, in this ripple effect. And I feel that's why you see so many, you know, creations game, you know, we've got a game A and a game B model and the game A was win, lose and corruption and pillage and, and, you know, I'm going to rip you off and I'm going to do what I want to do and I don't care about you. And I feel like, and I, and I know and I trust and I feel it, that we are shifting when we're going into more of a sustainable game B model where we actually think about others and we're like, okay, well, this is, if we want an infinite game, if we want to go from a finite to an infinite, we have to start looking at the world through a different lens and start looking at us all as one and starting to, you know, create a win-win in every situation. Like, you know, even in services, that's how I run my coaching businesses. Is this person getting a result? You know, that's my entire aim is to get this person a result because, you know, yes, there's a money exchange, but the the if you don't give them a result, then there actually hasn't been the change that that is that is actually meant for this this person. And that's why they've come to you. They've come to you because they've been guided to get change and growth. And if you don't leave them with you know, some wisdom or, or, or some ability to level up, then you're not, I believe you're not doing, you're not doing enough and you're still operating from the old model. So I, I'm hopeful and I believe in something greater than, than the physical form, like this, this, this physical vessel and what we perceive through the five senses is 1% of reality. And so, but we're making that 1% reality mean everything. And we're, we're making it, you know, the, the materialism of the world and how it operates, we're making that mean more than presence and connection and all these, you know, because that's, we're so distracted and stimulated in the complete opposite of what our, our actual natural human nature state is, which is happiness and being and connection. And so I feel we're on the cusp of, really starting to ramp that up and that's why you can see like meditation teachers and coaches and and nlp practitioners and breathwork facilitators and then just everybody there's so many people lighting up and choosing that and i feel like you know we are a well you know a, a bit of a way off you know getting the whole planet on that but you know we're definitely making a dent in in the old programming and yeah i it's, i trust it's powerful yeah you're incredible. I mean, I think what's so beautiful about you is that you've taken a life and things that have occurred in your life, you've had that beautiful element of support through your mum, 
which has given you an insight to have inquiry and to go down any other path and to read like books like that at a young 19-year-old, that's that's probably not what I'd call societal norm, especially when you see how much 19-year-olds and perhaps many people spend on their phone or flicking or scrolling and things like that. When you think about the Gentleman's Club and the things that you've created through your coaching, I'd love to ask you then, if humanity is awakening and if we are truly really leveling up and looking at living a more compassionate, connected and happy life, that takes a massive shift within. How do you think people let go of their past traumas or their past experiences, stop giving them such massive conscious meaning, except like you have, that they've been a part of your world? And then how to use them, those experiences, as a platform to elevate oneself? How do you teach that with your coaching, your retreats, and your beautiful clubs that you've created? Someone is creating their reality. So if we come back to, I always come back to, okay, what's this ter- what is this person's personality? Because, you know, what we think, feel, act, our behaviours, that is our, our belief systems, that's, that's, that's our personality, right? So we have to actually change who we are. And so in my coaching and in the Gentleman's Club and everything, we have to shine light on, you know, how, how we're acting and what result that is creating. And it may seem simple, but it's actually, you know, it's a simple process, but it's actually hard when you're, when you don't actually believe you're doing the wrong thing or like say wrong thing, but you, when you don't actually believe you're creating that and you're in a victim men- mentality. And so it's, it's, it's bringing some science into it. I, I really love to bring in a lot of Joe's science because I mean, as, um, as myself, I love, I'm very spiritual, but when you can bring that science in and the reference point of the feeling and being able to re- combo those together, it's a game changer. So I think for humanity and my coaching, I think it is on the trajectory and we're changing the way we do things. And so it's it's becoming more and more evident that, you know, people are unhappy and we're going into and we're going into a more of a a state of dysfunction, not only like on a global level, and I'm seeing it more and more people like there I have so much inquiry now, like I my whole goal is to be the example. And then people go, actually, what he's doing? Like I don't do any advertising, I just kind of be me and meet have interactions and people go, Oh, what what do you do? Like, why are you so happy? And that as soon as there's inquiry, then you can you you can actually deliver something to change that person because without inquiry, they're actually, you know, they're still in the program, not asking questions. So I think it's a, a line of we can't actually take people out of their suffering and their pain. So we've got to really see where people are at and notice like, okay, maybe they're meant to be in that pain for a reason because right now on the other side of that pain is a, sh- is a shit ton of growth. Like, if they get through that pain, there's a heap of growth. So offer them. I offer them support. If someone, you know, I can see, hey, there's support here if you need it, but um, never like push on anything. But when there's inquiry, then it's like, okay, this person's this person wants to change, and so it's just going diving deep into their personality and and really going, okay, does this person feel safe and stable in themselves? And if not, 
weaving in uh, spiritual practices to connect back to oneself, like disconnect from, you know, this reality with the five senses and start to connect into, okay, you know, if I close my eyes and I meditate 20 minutes a day, twice a day, I'm going to start to feel some sense of belonging in inside because I'm going to have all these distractions taken away. And it's quite amazing what happens when you start to quiet the mind and de-excite the stimulation and get to a place of less noise. And then all of a sudden, you know, it's like clockwork. As soon as someone starts asking questions, listening, slowing down, there's going to be more guidance there because the guidance is there 24-7 and it's up to us to slow down to listen to it. And so I get the men or whoever I'm working with, I get them to slow down. I get them to slow down and I give them the, the right tools and modalities and immense amount of support. Hey, I'm with you every step of the way, um, you know, and with that, you know, you can't really, unless you really don't want to grow and you you want to choose, you know, the, the, the old programming and the old rut, which, you know, is another choice and people can do that. But I feel like people have that when i start to work with people they've had enough you know so yeah it's a process but um yeah it works and i think if you're a person you know struggling the first thing you need to get that person to do is have more presence in their day because the second they can slow down they're gonna they're gonna feel like they have more space to breathe and the second we can breathe we can make a new decision you know and so it comes it starts there. It's and it, and it might be just, you know, one. You know, we get one day off. You know, or two days off. People get on the weekend. Like if you use that one day to with intention to create and actually start thinking about, okay, well, what am I bringing in for the next week? You know, what when I wake up in the morning? You know, how's my day going to be? If just asking a question to, to to get out of autopilot because we're 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 pro, we're just literally drones. So we just wake up. We you know, oh, coffee. Okay. Well, now I'm already geared up to have a coffee and I know the feeling the coffee is going to give me. And then I know that I get in the car to go. And so there's no new possibilities in our entire day. So just getting up and going, actually, what would a happy person do today? What would a wealthy person, what would an abundant person do today? And just asking that one question can, can literally, oh, okay, switches on the brain. Actually, well, maybe I could do this or maybe I could connect with this person. Actually, you know, and just it's those subtleties to start your journey is is huge. It's like exponential because it's a snowball effect. I so admire your questioning and the way in which you're approaching life and teaching people to do this. All of these acts of connection, presence, breath work, they're all acts of self-care and self-love. I'm curious to know, Mitch, what is your definition of self-love? My definition of self-love, my definition of self-love would be choosing yourself and choosing to nourish this, this life, nourish this body, nourish your relationships because everything, like, everything is love, like, and we're here to experience love, like, I believe that's why we're here. Um, we're in the physical form to experience that love and connection with people. And that's actually when we feel most at home. You know, when you have that amazing conversation with a friend and they just get you, that's love. You know, it's not making love, but it's love. It's it's love and connection and it's and it's the exact same transference of energy between those two people. So 
love for me is love for me is slowing down and connecting to everything and seeing the beauty in just looking at this looking at the stars like you know just having a loving connection and relationship with your friends and um the self-love part is you know what comes to me when you when i just thought of that was like we actually get the most amount of satisfaction when we give and so by giving you receive and so that essentially for me is also self-love like my coaching is i'm actually giving but i receive you know twice the amount back from that so that that is self-love and the opposite of self-love is choosing stimulation and instant gratification and and disconnecting from what is disconnecting from what is to you know an illusion so that sure is an illusion on so many ways I just love this. I, I'd love you to talk us through what does a day look like for you or how do you inspire men to really get on this? They obviously have an element of curiosity with you, but how do they do this? What do they have to do to be more like you or to live a life of happiness and self-fulfillment? So being for one, and it's, you know, if you think of everything as a distraction, like anything that anything that isn't everything that's man-made in a way is a distraction so like nature and all those types of things they're actually we're, we're evolutionary like we're, we're just still cavemen living in an evolutionary environment and so if you can just come back to the low-hanging fruit come back to the simplicity of life and start to integrate that into your day yes i understand we all have jobs and careers and that's completely fine but there's ways that you can actually still do that and have presence throughout your day. And just by having your present moment, it changes everything. So my day would be waking. I wake up every day at 5 a.m. And as soon as I get up, I do a meditation straight away. I get up, I walk downstairs, I go and sit in the sauna because it's really quiet. I have a sauna, close the door, and I just do a meditation straight up to basically just center myself, lay down my roots. You know, if you think of a tree, if it doesn't have really strong roots, it's going to get blown over by an external influence through the day. And that's like us as, you know, lay down your foundation, just like a house. You've got to have a foundation. So I lay that foundation as soon as I get up. And then when I open my eyes, I'm just like, okay, I instantly feel at home. And so meditation can be hard at the start, but if you find a practice like um, Vedic or transcendental meditation is really amazing and it really allows you to transcend and let go of the five senses and you go into this nothingness it heals and it centers you and and then when you open your eyes you feel centered and then you start your day and then from there i actually go to the gym straight away um and in the car i'll be listening to you know amazing podcasts or doing quantum creations like what energy space and consciousness can i be to have the most amazing day anything that doesn't allow that i uncreate and destroy it and I, I say that to myself in the car because there's intention behind that. So it doesn't really matter about the words. Those words allow me to get into an intention that's going to set me up for the day. And so you can do whatever practice gives you intention, but we need intention. And I ask those questions like, actually, what do I want out of the day? And so once I ask that, I my, my frontal lobe switches on, my brain starts to go, well, actually, what do I want? Well, I want to achieve this. I want to do this. You know, okay. And then it's instantly, well, what's it going to take to have, make that happen? 
instantly switches on again, gives me the solutions of what I'm trying to achieve. And then so by that, I have success through my day. I make sure I fill my cup up through the middle of the day with a walk or, or beach room going in nature, de-exciting the nervous system again, coming back in. You know, I have a, I have a high-paced life when I'm coaching because it's, you know, you've got to be on, you've got to be helping, you're supporting. So it can be, it does take your energy. It does fill you up, but it does take energy to, you know, you need to reset that. And then I have an afternoon routine where, you know, it's I'll read um, knowledge because as soon as we're learning something new, I really feel we feel successful. We feel like we are moving closer towards enlightenment, you could say. But when I read books, it also reaffirms what I already know and it puts me in that state because there's a lot of wisdom in a book. Like, yeah, it's a heap of words, but books have wisdom if they've got the words and the energy in it. And so when you read that, I actually, it raises my vibration. So my whole day is about keeping a high vibe. And so I don't engage in drama. If, you know, if anything is happening in my world that I know is going to lower my vibration, I'm in and out real quickly. So just, and, and, and that takes a lot of practice, but I think if you start to notice and ask questions, actually who fills my cup up and who drains my cup in my friend circles, in my relationships, then it's really, really clear, like, okay, maybe that's not the best place for me or, you know, maybe I shouldn't interact with that person. It doesn't mean they're a bad person, but it means that they're caught up in drama. So if you don't want to be at the impact of their life and their drama, you have to remove yourself. And so I remove myself from anything that doesn't raise my vibration. And so, yeah, it's my day is consisted of just keeping that high vibe so that I can support others. Because if I'm in a low vibe, I can't actually be of support to the people I'm coaching, um, my relationship, my daughter. So yeah, I run, you know, like every Friday, we've got a men's meetup. So a bunch of conscious men, we do breath work, meditation, a beach swim and a coffee every Friday in the gymba. And we just, that's one thing where I get a little bit of, you know, connection with some mates and some men um yeah so i have a bunch of you know i go to the gym every day because i move my body and I, so it's just yeah i don't know if that mm -hmm. answered your question totally well. totally i'm just loving this so much it's it's kind of like routines but also they're very fulfilling and also different and i too have learned tm transcendental meditation and there's just something about that chant that ability to switch off or to check out to check back in there's just the most beautiful experiences we can have is taking time for oneself. I'd love you then. You've talked about relationships and you've mentioned, you know, you've had past relationships, but you seem to have met your match lately with Ellie. Tell us a little bit about the two of you and what you're doing together. Absolutely. So, yeah, I feel like she's a girl version of me in a way. She's doing, we kind of, I met her at a breathwork event, at, at her breathwork event, and we just clicked. And from there, just have grown this loving relationship and we understand each other. So there's a lot of rapport, like there's a lot of resonance there in what we're doing and what we're creating. And so, yeah, she's amazing. She is doing all her own stuff in the women's space and really um, supporting and empowering women to do exactly what I do for men. Like I, I do coach men and women, but Ali is doing that on a grander scale and it's just amazing. Like it's, 
it's so it's so I mean it is love and connection to see her doing the same thing and on the same path and that has longevity for myself like seeing that I'm like wow this is this this is it you know like um so at the moment we've just joined forces and we're going to start running retreats like men and women together which that you know feminine and masculine energy um in, in a high frequency is going to be amazing to join you know forces and and have that loving relationship as well as the the creation itself so yeah um well i'm actually curious to know that even though you're both on the same incredible path and journey and most people would say oh my gosh do you ever argue do you ever have conflict do you ever see things differently or have both of you got to such a place and space that you know how to communicate through any adversity or challenge or difference? Yeah, so, <laughs> I mean, we all argue in relationship. There's always going to be, a, we've always got our way, especially when you're living with someone like we like, I'm quite, I like things the way I like things because I've been doing that my whole life. And so it's just, it's, um, it's just talking. We do talk about everything as soon as, like, we know as soon as there's something going on because it's like, okay, what's up? And you're like, oh, you know. <laughs> so we just instantly get it out, and to be able to just get it out and 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 talk about it straight away, it dissolves it instantly. We don't bottle it up. So I feel like, yeah, we're always going to see. There was always going to be certain topics where, or, or or someone isn't, you know, in it, so they don't know where you're at, and so you could be like, oh, you don't understand. It's like. Well, I do like explain to me, you know, what, what, it, what do you mean? You know? And so it's just having the awareness to um, put your ego aside or put that, that righteousness to be right aside in some moments in relationships and um, just listen. And we do that pretty well. Like we obviously have our days, but we always come back together and ask the right questions. And I think, you know, you're going to have that with whoever you're with. Um, and it's just, you know, noticing how to navigate and ask the right questions, n- n- know how to be open and still love each other and choose that. Like if if you don't, you know, you got to wake up and choose that relationship. So if you're waking up and not choosing it, it's it's not going to work. So it's it's like wake up, do I choose this person? Yeah, I'm choosing this today and whatever comes our way, we'll work it out, you know. So it's so powerful and I think what I love about the two of you is bringing your energy, your education, your knowledge and your love of love and connection. Can you tell us a little bit about this beautiful Sunshine Coast Hinterland one day retreat you've got coming up at the end of October because I do feel there'll be a lot of people listening to this who will get real curious and want to be a part of it. Amazing. Yes, I would love to. So yeah, Sunshine Coast Hinterland in Mulaney. We're going to be running a, a day experience and we'll be weaving through ancient and new to, no, um, practices and modalities. So it'll be a lot about meditation and Vedic rounding and then weaving through uh, wisdom workshops with Joe and the energetics and, and really starting to map out, uh, you know, a new, a new reality for, for everybody in the room who attends. We'll be mapping out, you know, where they're where they're currently at and where they want to be and and how we can help them close the gap in creating a new reality and it's you know going to be we're going to have a restaurant lunch there and it's going to be immersed in the in the rainforest so yeah it's going to be a high vibe day um yeah breathwork meditation and a heap of knowledge and wisdom and 
high vibrations from all the people that are there are going to be, um, you know, wanting it and choosing it. So it's going to be, it's going to be fun. I'm really excited. There'll be no accidents as to who comes to this retreat. And I can honestly say, having been around the beautiful Mitch's energy and gorgeous Ellie, just watching the two of them together, learning from these two beautiful souls and ensconcing yourself in the possibility of all that can be, this is a beautiful opportunity for you, our gorgeous listener, to really jump in here. If you know anybody that's feeling a little bit lost or maybe they're just not happy or perhaps they're looking for more out of life, this could be the exact thing you need or are looking for in your life. Uh, Mitch, how do we get in touch with you for coaching, for this program, for the retreat, everything you're offering? How can we follow you, get in touch with you or sign up to what you're doing? Absolutely. So, yeah, um, our Instagrams, uh, both links in our bio, um, Mitch Adams underscore underscore and Ali Ocean. Um, we've both, yeah, just go Linktree, got websites, got heaps of information. You can DM us. Um, yeah. So, yeah, jump on there. Love to hear from you. Any question, like if you're just wanting a bit of support or guidance or whatever, like I'm, I'm here and, and yeah. I just think it's so beautiful. I imagine that you have a real age diversity too, Mitch, particularly with men. I can imagine you would really appeal to the young, beautiful man growing into his manhood. And I can imagine you're the person who's looking at the middle-aged man who's perhaps feeling a bit lost or going through an awakening process. And then the older, more wiser man who's looking to up-level himself is there anything in particular you would love to finish today's conversation with, maybe including your favorite quote, but how can we support the beautiful men in our world to know it's safe and that they're supported to be the best that they can be? I would say, I'll say the quote, um, the price of freedom is eternal vigilance. And I would say to whoever's listening, you know, the the young, the old, if you want more out of life, it, it's it starts with asking more questions and really starting to have more vigilance in your day and actually start choosing from a place of is this for me, you know, like, coming back and actually reassessing your entire, like reassessing your life and actually just starting asking questions like, is this for me? And in yourself, do you get a light or a heavy feeling? And if like we're energy. So if you ask a question and you feel a sense of lightness around that, then that is, you know, for myself, been the right answer every time. And so if it's heavy and you get, you know, that feel, that sense of, heaviness instantly come over when you're thinking about what you're asking the question for then it's it's most likely not for you and so just really starting to listen to your internal compass and when you can start to do that i really feel you will be guided to the right person um and start reaching out and and asking for support you know there's a lot of support but you need to ask for it you know we need to we need to to actually start choosing not just sitting back and going through the motions. Well, you can't expect life to happen 
for you, at you, and magically change unless you're willing to take action and really put yourself into these beautiful learning environments. And I just would love to encourage every one of you, beautiful women and men listening to this, head on over to mitchadams.coach. That is where you'll find out about the retreats, also about more about Mitch and his coaching. And I know if you're flirting with the idea of wanting more and having a more gracious, beautiful, courageous, happy, brave life, then this could be the exact soul you need to hang out with. I know for me, whenever I'm in this beautiful soul's company, I feel calm, I feel relaxed, I feel inspired. And he really is the person that as a mum, I can imagine your mum, dear Mitch, would be just so freaking proud of you. And I can also imagine that for anyone listening today, they're going to get a hell of a lot out of following you and the work that you offer. Can I just thank you so much for being on the Self-Love Podcast? It's been an absolute delight to share you today. Thank you, Kim. I appreciate, yeah, all the love and what you're doing is honestly, yeah, it's an inspiration. So appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Self-Love Podcast. Be sure to write a review and share the love with your friends and family and head over and visit Kim and her team at 28.com. That's the word 20 and the number 8.com. Take good care. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.